Hi, everyone. I know recently we announced we were going to two episodes a week and then three episodes a week. But you know what? There are just too many episodes. So we are going to back to five episodes a week. Still a reduction from seven, but there were just too many interviews scheduled, and I didn't want to make all the authors wait for too long. So I hope you can keep up with me. Listen to one a week as you're on your way to work or on your way home or putting your kids to bed or whatever it is you're doing. Moms don't have time to read books now five times a week. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Zivi Owens, and you're listening to Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. This 30-minute podcast features a new author interviewed by me every single day, 365 days a year for about 30 minutes. I am also the publisher for Zibby Books, which publishes 12 books a year in fiction and memoir. Our books are already out now. And you can check it out on zibbybooks.com. And we have a magazine called Zibby Mag, where we have lots of wonderful essays and lifestyle features. That's at zibbymag.com. We have classes at zibbyclasses.com. And I recently opened a bookstore in LA called Zibby's Bookshop at 1113 Montana Avenue at 11th Street in San Monica. I hope that you are able to enjoy some of our other offerings. But this here podcast is the basis of all of it and started in 2018. And no matter what I do, this is basically my favorite thing. Enjoy. Alyssa Ages is the author of Secrets of Giants, A Journey to Uncover the True Meaning of Strength. As a journalist, her work has appeared in Self, Bustle, Slate, GQ, Parents, The Globe and Mail, and others. She is a mom of two, an endurance athlete, and a strong woman competitor. Welcome, Alyssa. Thank you so much for coming on Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books to discuss Secrets of Giants, A Journey to Uncover the True Meaning of Strength. I feel like I need to like lift weights <laughs> just to even have this conversation with you. <laughs> Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Tell listeners all about your book. Start from the beginning. So, okay. I was this not particularly athletic kid. I have this very strong memory of playing little league baseball when I was about 10. And I remembered that I never hit the ball just, I I don't know. I never made contact with the ball. And for the next 10 years of my life, I told myself this story that I was not an athlete. And so I just, I didn't try anything. And fast forward, I'm working one of my first jobs and I had to play an actual softball game, you know, with grownups. And I went up to bat and I hit the ball and I got on base 
And I ran off to the side of the field and I called my mom. (laughs) I have to tell you something. I finally hit the ball. Like after all those swings and misses, I finally hit the ball. And she's like, oh, that's, that's great. But it's not that you never hit the ball when you were playing little league, you never swung the bat. Mm. And yeah, it set me off on this kind of, oh my gosh, like I've told myself this story for my whole life that I was not an athlete. I was not good at sports. And it turned out that I just never actually tried at all because I was so scared of failing. I went from there and decided to basically swing at everything I could. I started doing marathons, even though I couldn't run more than a mile. I started doing triathlons, even though I couldn't swim more than a lap of the pool. And then I found my way into the strength world from CrossFit and then into Strongman. And the impetus for this book was I'd been training in Strongman for about two years. And explain what Strongman is. Oh, yes. So most people, if you know about Strongman, you might know it from like late night ESPN reruns of World's Strongest Man, where it's just huge dudes lifting rocks and logs (laughs) and pulling trucks and airplanes and buses sometimes. But there is this thriving world of amateur competitors. And we are literally competing in like suburban strip mall parking lots just to see I don't know who can who can do the most stuff with their body and their strengths. It's a really, it's ridiculous, but it's a lot of fun. I've been training for a competition. I was with my coach in the gym and I remember I was picking up an Atlas stone, which is kind of that quintessential piece of equipment for strongman. It's like a big round concrete boulder. And I remember feeling really tired and it was this level of exhaustion that wasn't this workout is hard, but there's something else going on. I went home that day. I took a pregnancy test. I found out I was pregnant and then three weeks later, I found out that I was miscarrying. Mm -hmm. And I I very quickly went from being the strongest I'd ever been in my life to suddenly feeling the weakest and the most vulnerable. Here I'd been for these last however many years, feeling like if I told my body to do something, if I told it to run a marathon or do a triathlon or lift a weight, it would do it. And I told it to stay pregnant and it, it wouldn't do that. And I lost a lot of trust in my body. One of the things I did as I was kind of going through the recovery from that and going through fertility clinic visits was that I would go back to the gym and I would work out with my trainer and I couldn't explain it at the time, but I felt like that was bringing me back to life in a way. I would walk a little taller. I would have my head held high when I walked out of there and it got me thinking, well, maybe I've had this thing all wrong for all these years. Maybe it's not about how much weight we can lift, but maybe strength is actually about how we take the things that we learn from those experiences in the gym and bring them into how we handle all the struggles that we go through outside of the gym. That is my long-winded answer. (laughs) What a story. (laughs) Going back to the beginning, right? If I figured out that I could play baseball and I didn't think I could, I'm not sure that would set me off on the course of then running a marathon. So like (laughs) in terms of who you are as a person and where this all comes from, like what was the context for the rest of your life at that time? Like what other things that you tried to master? Like what was your life like in school? Are you a perfectionist? How did this all happen? I would consider myself to be like wildly stubborn and driven. So if I set my mind to something, I'm going to figure that out. I'm going to do it. The marathon story was a little ridiculous. I was living with a roommate at the time who decided it was the year that P. Diddy ran the marathon. And she was <laughs> like, let's go watch P. Diddy run the marathon. And we did. And she turned to me and she was like, I think we should do this next year. Let's do a marathon. And I was like, Jenna, you, you're like a pack a day smoker. <laughs> I don't, and I don't run. I don't think we're going to do this. 
but I kind of, I got that bug in my head. My dad is a marathon runner and I said, okay, I'm going to run the New York city marathon. And he just went, okay, I'm going to do it with you. Oh, and we did, we started training together and we ran the marathon together. We've run four marathons together. That is so sweet. <laughs> oh my gosh. That sounds yeah. like you have such a nice relationship with your parents. That's like really yeah. great. I mean, that's true. <laughs> are you the oldest? What is your family? I'm the only child. And then I have step siblings. Okay. I was going to yeah. say oldest or only, but I yeah. went with oldest. <laughs> Either one of those would have been fitting. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so what are the main takeaways? I understand you go from strength to sort of feeling out of control, which any woman, I mean, and I don't mean to, well, I mean, I have to say woman, any woman who has gone through this whole pregnancy thing and the men who, who are there as part of it or the partners or whatever, you know, you make plans, God laughs kind of thing, right? It's all, it seems out of your control. You know, I say this to my kids all the time, you know, my, my fourth kid was like, last night, he's like, well, maybe you wish you hadn't had me because then you'd like already be asleep right now and you wouldn't have to put me to bed. And I was oh like, gosh. no, <laughs> you know, not at all. But like, you, you definitely take your sweet time showing up, you know, like <laughs> we can't control these things that, that are so fundamental to our lives. It's crazy. We should be able to control it the most and we can control it the least. But I've never sort of linked that to my like physical fitness in any way. Mm-hmm. So tell me a little bit more about that relationship and how you feel about that now. Yeah, I think, I mean, one of my biggest takeaways was about learning to not just kind of accept failure, but expect it and ultimately kind of learn to love it. When I would go out for a run, when I was training for marathons, I knew that, let's say I went out for an eight mile run. I knew that barring some catastrophe, I was going to complete that run. Maybe it would be slower that day. Maybe I'd have to take more breaks, but I'd probably get back home. Strength training isn't like that. When I go into the gym, no matter how much I want to lift a weight, that day, it might just not be what my body's willing to do. And as you kind of push more and more towards your limits, and again, that doesn't have to be what I'm doing in Strongman, you know, that can be picking up a slightly heavier dumbbell in your group fitness class, right? And maybe the instructor in that class tells you to do 10 reps and you can only do seven, but you get that glimmer of, okay, well, this is more possible than I thought it was you know, I'm so close to it. And maybe if I just do this a little bit differently next time or do this a little bit differently, I'll get there. So you start to understand that failure doesn't make you a failure. It's not this end point, right? It's a point to kind of jump off from. And that became something that I took into the rest of my life. So even writing this book, you know, working on the narrative arc for it and literally putting up post-its on the wall and then looking at them and going, oh my God, that doesn't work. And your instinct is to like tear it down and say, you know, I'm terrible at this. I'm not going to be able to do it. And I would sometimes go and work out and then get that reminder, that physical reminder that, you know, failure is okay and -hmm. come back and look at it and go, okay, how can I rearrange this to make it, to make this work the way that I want it to? That was a huge one for me. I think the other one and the one that I hope really resonates with in particular women who read the book is about body image. I think when we start strength training, We typically get told one of two things, either don't lift weights because you're going to get bulky. Or if you're talking to people who are into lifting, they might say, it's okay. You won't get bulky from lifting. But either way, we suggest that bulkiness is this negative thing, right? Mm -hmm. And when I started writing about it, I thought, what what is the actual definition of bulky? So I looked it up. Mm -hmm. And the definition of bulky is taking up much space, typically inconveniently. Mm. And it was that last that little inconvenient part. And I went, oh, oh, I get it now, right? Because 
taking up space as a woman, it's inconvenient because it's assumed we're taking up that space from a man, right? Challenging gender norms with the way that our bodies look if they're more muscular, that's inconvenient for people. But what the women that I spoke to when I did the interviews for this book and what I learned is that taking up space is awesome physically, emotionally, mentally, not just in the gym, but, you know, in your home, at school, at work, in social settings, you, that's, that's what we should be doing. That's what I want my kids to get from my journey. And from hopefully when, you know, they're old enough and read this book, one of the nicest things that I've, I've heard is from a lot of male readers who've said, I'm buying this for the young women in my life, because that's a message that they, that they need to hear. And that's, that's pretty cool. I love that. Oh my God. <laughs> Do you worry about, or did you worry a lot about injuries? Like, isn't that like a whole threat? Like I'm just projecting my own worries onto you. Right <laughs> <now>. so, <laughs> did you worry? Like, what if your back goes out? What if you're competing? What if this, what if that? Yeah. The movements that I can control, like a, a deadlift, um, where I know kind of how to move my body and brace, I don't so much, but putting things over my head has always been terrifying for me. Hmm. I've always just assumed that if I get it wrong, it's going to fall on my head. And that was this real fear-based thing. And something I explored in the book too, was I actually spoke to someone who's an expert on understanding what fear does to us. And he really helped me understand that the only way around that is to go kind of headfirst into it and really, you know, keep exposing yourself to it until it's not scary anymore. I worked with a performance coach also who helped explain to me, hey, your fear of failure isn't what you think it is. What's happening to you is that you're relying on this idea that you have a fear of failure. And so when you go to lift something, you're you're thinking about, okay, well, like, uh, it's scary, or you know, can I tell myself it's light? And what happens is that because you're not actually doing that with the full level of your ability, if you fail, you can say, oh, well, you know, I was just scared. Mm. But go into it with these specific cues because then, yeah, if you fail it, you have to accept in that moment that it's not something that you can do yet, but maybe it'll be something you can do down the line, but at least you've given it everything that you had. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If Only in Theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. 
In four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Was that your approach to writing the book as well? Yeah, yeah, as much as I could. The original idea for this book was a history of the sport of strongman. And a lot of very wonderful people in my life said to me, I know you think that's interesting. <laughs> that's not going to have a wide audience. And I got really, really pushed by someone actually that you've had on the podcast before, David Sachs, who's a very good friend of mine. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He really, he helped me out with the proposal and he kept pushing me. He's like, this has to be your story. Mm-hmm. Like people are going to care about, you know, a 40 something year old mom of two who thought, I'm going to see if I can pull a truck at 40 years old. And they're going to care about, you know, the fact that you were coming back from feeling distrust in your body. And they're going to care about the fact that you're not this natural athlete. Like, I I think it's important to note that every single strongman competition that I've entered, I have come in last unless I'm the only one competing. And I don't care anymore. I just, I just love it. I love doing it. It's, you know, it's just taking that chance. Isn't it crazy? It's still called strong man. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I sort of think of it as like Iron Man is Iron Man. It's like almost a corporate name. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So what is your workout now? Like what is your, what is your daily life like and where are you on the, on the strong spectrum, if you will? (laughs) I work out with my trainer once a week. I have a built a garage gym that I work out in. And one of my favorite things is actually on Saturdays, instead of waking up at 6am to work out. I wait a little bit and I bring my daughters in with me and I let them hang out on the side while I work out and they get to try to pick up things. And one of the most powerful realizations for me doing that has been seeing that until you tell a kid that something is not possible for them or something is scary, they don't know that. So my almost four-year-old the other day was like, I'm going to pick up the sandbag and it's a 112 pound sandbag. And, you know, if it was something that was maybe in the realm of her ability level and would have been dangerous, I would have said, okay, maybe let's not do it, but I know she's not going to budget. And so I just said, yeah, go try it. Maybe you can. And she went and she tried and obviously, you know, it didn't move, but I said to her, okay, so you can't do this today, but I bet you at some point you're going to be able to come back in here and do that. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a a really incredible gift to be able to give them. Oh, so nice. (laughs) My gosh. Wait, so what happened after you tossed the idea and David Sachs told you what to write? Like, were you like, okay, now I'm just going to like whip out a book? Um, No. So I will also (laughs) say I owe a lot of thanks to Sue Shapiro, whose class I took on pitching, Mm -hmm. because I had been a journalist for years and then I I wasn't for a while. And when I went back into it, I was like, I got to treat this like I'm a beginner. Mm -hmm. So I took her class on pitching. And one of the best things I learned from that was you have to get really personal and you have to be willing to share the bits that you don't want to share. And so I tried to just do that as much as I could. I would, you know, I'd write a passage or I'd write a section that had an athlete interview in it. And then I would go, okay, now how do I pull that back into something that relates to my life? The body image chapter was by far the hardest one for me to write because I wanted to, I wanted to be able to go from, being a victim of diet culture and always wanting to be smaller to in the end going, nope, I don't, I don't care. I'm just like, I'm just going to be bigger. I don't care. And I I didn't, that's not real life. And so I, I tried to share that as openly as possible, this kind of back and forth that I went through as I was building muscle of like, sometimes my genes aren't going to fit the same way. And 
it's not easy for me to just go, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, I still, I still don't like it, but at least now I've learned to kind of challenge that feeling and go, well, okay, why do you feel like that? Mm-hmm. What's well, more important to you? You know, is it, is it lifting this thing and accomplishing something or is it how you look in your clothes? And sometimes it's one, sometimes it's the other. <laughs> I'm not perfect, but that was really hard to write. And then obviously writing about the the miscarriage and everything was, was really difficult. But I think one of the most powerful things that I, I learned doing the research for this and talking to people, I spoke to a couple of people who practice trauma-informed weightlifting, which is basically they work with people who've gone through trauma and help them use weightlifting to heal from that. And I didn't understand when I went back to the gym after my miscarriage, I didn't really understand how it was helping me. But what I learned was that So in order to do, let's say like a heavy deadlift, right? I'm wearing a a weight belt and I have to brace my core muscles to protect my back. When I do that, I'm feeling my stomach press against this belt. So I'm getting that kind of tactile feedback. And if I'm going to lift that, that heavy barbell and I'm going to brace my core that way in that moment, I have to believe that that part of my body, that was the site of pain and weakness and distrust could also be a place of strength. Otherwise the bar wasn't going to move or it wasn't going to move safely. And that was learning that that was part of the healing was pretty incredible. So what challenge is next for you? Well, I'm continuing to freelance and try to kind of, you know, put out as much as I can around this book. I feel like, you know, you know, this from writing your own books and having your own publishing company and even just, you know, the core of the book that you just wrote, this part is really challenging. Yeah. I don't think enough people talk about how hard it is after you write the book and put it out into the world and it doesn't go like this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't, you know, get on the morning shows the day that your your book is out. So for me, a lot of my focus since the book came out and still is just how do I get the word out there? There's times where I feel like I'm hand selling every copy, but I've gotten the feedback that I get when people take the time to send emails makes this all really worth it hearing from people. Hey, I don't actually lift. I don't do strength sports, but this, the story of this book was really impactful because that's what I wanted. I I didn't want people to look at this and go, Oh, this is a book about how to lift weights. Like there's nothing prescriptive in here. I'm not telling anybody how to get six pack abs or bigger biceps. And I don't get those by the end of the book either. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's just about what does it feel like to push your limits in any part of your life? Whatever it is that you're doing, what does it feel like to go the limits here. And what if I try to go past that? What if I challenge my capabilities? So yeah. So I guess what's the next challenge is just continuing to put this out into the world as much as possible. (laughs) You know, there's also, I feel like this misperception that it has to be done in the first like week or two. Right. It's a slow burn. Like I'm still doing events for the memoir that I had come out like a year and a half ago. I mean, honestly, it's like, <laughs> do you, yeah, sure. I'll, come. I'll do this. I'll do that. It, it doesn't end. The book is always out there. So I don't know. There's too much pressure because so many books are, you know, breathing down your neck, you know, coming down the pike, but books are here to stay. And sometimes it takes longer to find your audience, but it doesn't, it's never over, right? There's never an expiration date on a book. Yeah. That's helpful for me to hear. I appreciate that. That's my two cents. Anyway, <laughs> well, what advice do you have for aspiring authors? Honestly, it's, it goes back to the failure thing, which is like, it's, it's really scary to go, I'm going to write a book. I think if you're a writer, that's a secret dream for probably all of us for most of our lives. And if you don't try it, 
and you're never going to know whether or not that's something that you could do and fail, you know, it's okay. Fail, rip it up, start again, keep working at it. And I also think whatever outlet there is for you outside of writing, find that and do that and take those breaks because yeah, I, I lift a lot, but the biggest thing for me actually was often going on a run. Mm-hmm. Just like letting my my brain kind of clear that would often help me bring in kind of those new ideas. When I went back into freelancing, actually the very first article that I placed somewhere, the idea for that came on a run. So there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Alyssa, thank you so much. And by the way, thank you for like coming to meet me in on like a <laughs> 120 degree day in the summer, <laughs> driving an hour, whatever you did. I don't even know how that all happened, but it was awesome. And I'm delighted that you did that. And it speaks to you know, determination and like, why not? And that's what you have to do. So I love it. It's, I'm glad thank our paths crossed and you're really, you know, you're such an articulate, like strong woman. It's a a great role model to have on here. So there you go. So much. And and I have to say, I feel the same about you. That is why I wanted to meet you that day in Bridgehampton. And thank you for the ice cream. You're welcome. Anytime. (laughs) (laughs) No, I I can undermine someone's commitment to fitness in like a minute of knowing me. I can suck out all the strength and. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I love, I love ice cream. And actually one of my like great things with all of the competitions or races that I do is I have this, I have one superstition and that superstition is there has to be a cookie, a chocolate chip cookie in my bag, because while I'm doing that event, I can always in my brain go, just get to the cookie, just, just get to the cookie. Amazing. So there you go. (laughs) There I go. Well, we share that love then. Um, All right. Well, congratulations. Secrets of giants. Way to go. Strong woman. (laughs) Okay. Bye. Thank you, Simi. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Also sign up for my newsletter at ZibbyOwens.com and sign up for my virtual book club and meet lots of authors on Zoom every other week. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. 
jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms.